I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. Welcome back to America's Raven Podcast. I'm your host. Um, we have a lot going on this week, so let's just get into the recap. Um, I went home and I posted an Instagram story heard around the world. <laughs> um, by around the world, I, I mean um, a few people slid up on my story. So basically, here's the thing. Um, my mom has been out of the States for like a month and I haven't seen her. And also uh, a little known fact about me is that my mom is the only person that I will let do my hair. I have a very sensitive scalp <laughs> and I don't like to be touched. So um, she's been gone. And so I need to get my hair done and I needed to see her because I really missed her. Um, so I plan on going home, but the thing is I don't go home very often. And when I do, I'm usually only there for like 48 hours. Like if I need to go to like a family event or I need to like do my hair or do something like that. And it's a really quick turnaround time. Um, and my friends from home always get really upset with me for not seeing them. And, um, when I do go home and I see a few people and I don't see everyone, I feel really bad when people are like, I didn't know you were in town or whatever. And I just feel like a dick. And my friends who came down like a few weeks ago um, were like giving me a bunch of shit about never seeing them. And they're right. They're 100% right. And I'm the asshole. And I was like, yeah, I'll come back. I'll come back soon. Like, blah, blah. But like for this trip, I was literally going to be home for like 48 hours and I hadn't seen my mom in a month. And, like, I just didn't want to deal with having to explain why I could only see a few people if I did see anyone. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just sneak into the city. I'm not going to post anything. No one's going to know I'm there. No feelings can get hurt, okay? Um, and I planned – I shared my location with, like, a lot of my friends. And so I made a mental note. <laughs> I'm such a dick. I made a mental note to turn off my location before I got on the plane and then just, like, turn it back on when I left. And I forgot to do that. And I left my location on. And like literally as soon as I get off the plane, I turn my phone off airplane mode and I get that text. And like I just – I immediately – like I didn't even open it yet. Like I just saw the text on my phone. And I knew exactly what it was. And then I opened it and I saw that. And honestly, this – the person who caught me trying to sneak in and out of the city, they always catch me. Like they were in – North Carolina for an internship and like we talked about me coming to visit and like hang out for a weekend but we never like solidified plans and so I was in North Carolina for like 30 minutes for like a layover on a flight 
And they saw my location in North Carolina and they're like, why are you here and you're not like coming to hang out? So yeah, I'm the dick basically. That response was completely warranted and we just talked about it. And yeah, I'm the asshole. That's the that's the beginning and end of that story. And I should see my friends more often. And I'm sorry. <laughs> what else? Um, I had a bit of <laughs> a stalker, a pseudo stalker story that I was gonna tell on the podcast. My very first stalker, Mama, I made it. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna tell it on patreon because i think it's the nice thing to do to tell that story behind a paywall it's really not all that interesting like when i planned to tell it there was a little bit more intrigue behind it um but i'm a daughter of lana del rey's internet so i don't know i thought it was kind of (laughs) kind of sweet um but yeah it's not all that interesting ladies if you're not initiated and in being stalked i gotta say it's not as fun as the movies make it seem um besides that uneventful so let's get into our regularly scheduled programming um brandy melville is first up if you're not familiar with Brandy Melville. It's a very popular fast fashion brand for young women. Um, It has a notoriously debated one size fits small um, sizing. Like there's one size in the entire store. Um, The internet loves to get their panties in a wad about that once a year. Um, And I don't know, a lot of like the more shittier Brandy Melville stuff is pretty common knowledge. Like, they only really hire skinny white girls. Um, I don't know. If it barks like a dog. I was going to say if it barks like a duck. If it barks like a dog and walks like a dog, it's probably a dog. I don't know why anyone's surprised by that. But um, Insider published a hit piece detailing that they have, like, a whole slew of other shitty practices Um, I've been a vocal fan of Brandy in the past um, because I just openly kind of think that anyone who's just like that mask off with um, their sinisterness is worthy of a bit of admiration. Um, But even I was like reading that article like that bad, huh? Like really? It's bad. Um, I don't know. Like the stuff that everyone knows, like Brandy doesn't hire this is a direct quote, black or fat people. Um, Speaking for myself, why I wear brandy knowing that, um, I get a sort of perverse pleasure out of doing things that people don't want me to do because I'm black. Like, yes, I'm wearing it. What are you going to do, loser? This is America. Come and take it. Anyway, Stefan Marsan is the founder, owner, and CEO of Brandy Melville. Um, the insider piece detailed how employees as young as 14 were required to send full body shots to executives every day that they came into work. Um, and if executives didn't like the way that you look, you were fired on the spot. Um, and then, and I, I feel like that was something that like I knew before because Brandy is as much as like a, like a curated Instagram in a store as it is a like store and I mean 
casting directors will have 14 year old models like sending full body pictures and stuff like it's not on its own sinister but that coupled with everything else is pretty fucking gross um Luca Rotondo, a former senior vice president at Brandy Melville, said Marsan ordered him to fire hundreds of staffers if he thought a worker was heavy or unattractive. He didn't want them associated with the brand. If Marsan thought a store had too many black employees, he'd have them replaced with a white woman. If she was black, if she was fat, he didn't want them in the store. Um, employees talked about being asked to model clothing for Marsan and other executives and being expected to change in front of them, often wearing nothing but underwear. Some women said they thought undressing in front of the men would help them earn special employee status, which meant highly coveted shopping sprees, work trips to Hawaii and Italy, and use of the lavish brandy apartment in New York Soho. What are the labor laws in New York? Because why does a 14-year-old even have a job? But aside from that, um, do parents like not know what their children are doing? Because, like, if you're 18 and you want to change in front of, like, a bunch of old men to get an apartment, I mean, I guess that's your prerogative. But, like, there's no reason that a 14-year-old should be in that position in the first place. And, obviously, it's, like, on them for doing that. But, like, where, where are your parents? Where are your parents? Um, there is other things about, like, an executive um, sexually harassing young workers, getting underage staffers drunk. Um Insider also reviewed hundreds of screenshots that showed Marsan and the men in his suite, C-suite, swapping pornography and racist memes in a group chat that uh, included 30 men, which just sounds like every other group chat with 30 men in it, from what I understand. Um, and all of this is obviously like just disgusting, but this article, it was from Mike.com that I read. I'll link it in the bio. Um, it ended with the dumbest takeaway of all time. Like, I don't, it, it threw like all of these like really like hard hitting like expose facts about like the Brandy Melville investigation. And then at the end was hopefully, um, the fact that like the world is changing and like more aware of representation will finally make Brandy die. If they don't start reflecting women of color on their Instagram, their brand is going to die. Like literally talking about like having underage girls change in front of them. And they're just like, yeah, but I just hope that they put some black women on the Instagram. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Powerful men um, going after young women is not new at all um and i don't think that it gets fixed by putting black women on your instagram page i don't know brandy is like a cult though like it's literally like i don't i don't get it and it's never gonna die like people are not gonna stop shopping there um and i feel like every year like more and more awful stuff comes out about it and like nobody cares um I don't know because I don't I don't think any they never I don't know they don't count themselves as moral in any way so it's kind of hard to get mad at people when they're just so mask off and just sinister uh. in other news my apolitical queen Nikki got into a bit of a scuffle with the internet um Nikki's kind of like Kanye in the sense that Nothing anyone ever says could make me not love them, not even them. 
but I feel like COVID stuff is really the thing people are getting the most mad about. Like, nobody really wants to touch it, so Nikki's honestly a trailblazer and a queen. Um, But basically, she didn't attend the Met Gala, and everyone was wondering why, and she talked about how she didn't want to get the vaccine, and she was, like, waiting to, I don't know, do more research or whatever, and a lot of, like, leftists, like, like, professional leftists and amateur leftists and liberals got really angry with her. Um, And then she later proceeded to tweet the funniest tweet of all time, which was um, that her, I quote, cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. And now the girl called off their wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. Um, I... She did nothing wrong. Um, she said nothing wrong. She just said, pray about it. And I think that's great advice. Um, Buster Rhymes and Summer Walker um, have also apparently expressed concerns about the vaccine. Uh, I read this Washington Post article that I'll link down below that was basically talking about given the, quote, unique trust Black people put in Black musicians, um, we need to be like calling them into the conversation because apparently um, the only people that black black people look up to is black musicians and we're taking our vaccine cues from them. I think the whole issue really is, is that like we're talking about the wrong thing. Like I feel like especially like the intense interest on the black community being um, so vaccine hesitant is because Um, They have a real reason to be. Um, And you can kind of see that in, like, the complete different dialogue between, like, Trump supporters who don't want to get vaccinated and, like, the black community that doesn't want to get vaccinated. But, like, I don't know. It's not up to them to instill trust in the government themselves. Like, you guys have proven yourselves to be untrustworthy and, like, this is, like – the natural cause of that like when you um treat an entire group of people as if like they like they'll always have to look out for their own interests first because nobody else will like this is what happens and then you lose the trust of the people and when something necessary happens where trust is necessary you are left with this issue um so like I don't feel any sort of sympathy for the government now struggling to make black people feel comfortable to get the vaccine like you you've kind of like made your bed um and you're only going to rectify that by showing the black community why they should trust y'all because they haven't seen any reason why they should um and i also just like completely disagree with the whole narrative that black musical figures have like some sort of hold on the black community like we're not getting our cues from them like um i think honestly that those conversations are just happening within communities i think the black community for a long time has learned that like they can only sort of trust like the communities that they've grown up in um so no like 
they're probably engaging with musical figures on a political sense, but like I don't really think they're taking their cues from them at all. Um, and Nicki Minaj fans after because she got a lot of shit and people were saying that like what she said was dangerous and whatever. Um, Nicki Minaj fans <laughs> protested outside the CDC and were reportedly chanting, Nicki Minaj told me the truth and Dr. Fauci lied, which is like wild and all, but like that's not a black community instilling any sort of like, I don't know, like trust in musical figures. That's literally just stan culture. Like if K-pop, if like a K-pop group came out right now and said that like they thought vaccines were dangerous, I cannot imagine like the hellfire that would rain down on this country. Like they're going to eat all up. Like that's not that's not black culture. That's just stand culture. It's just the barbs. Um, I was gonna talk about Hassan Piker, but he annoys me, and I just don't want to. So we're just gonna move right along. Um, I hope I didn't upset the barbs. Love y'all. <laughs> Next up, we have the soft launch. I'm annoyed that like a few weeks ago the cup published an article about this, but I'm so happy that we finally have like the correct terminology for a soft launch because I've always been a big fan I've always been a big fan of pretending that you're famous no matter how little people care about you because why the fuck not and soft launch is the perfect example of this um for those who are uninitiated a soft launch is like the act of unveiling a new relationship to social media in like a nondescript way including but not limited to a picture with like like a new partner's dog or like an unidentified head two plates but no face no face no case is essentially what a soft launch is um and I love it I love everything about it I love piecing together the lives of people I haven't seen in years from the nondescript body parts that they put on their stories it's so good it's literally so good the best the best soft launch is like a like a like a couples together they break up right they're not together not on any socials together and then like soft launching the like getting back together that's my favorite kind of soft launch i love that um i'm highly invested in this soft launch season because personally i will never be publicly in love on social media but you guys are so brave and i'm here to live vicariously through you the cut article was like fun and cute until like the end like they brought in a psychologist I don't know why we need to like turn everything into psychoanalysis I'm so over that phenomenon um but they brought a psychologist in to talk about the soft launch and it was like if like the mom is the fucking feed post with like a caption that says this one then the soft launch is like the cool mysterious younger sister but it's like honestly just like a way to keep yourself from like getting hurt after posting someone I was like okay I did not need all of that thank you so much for that um but I'm gonna I want to provide some of my favorite soft launch tips for y'all um I think everything should be soft launch that's first and foremost so I think a new job a move a vacation um, a breakup, a new relationship, every, every single thing should be soft launch. Like you should treat every single event in your life as if you're creating the teaser trailer 
for it is what I think. And I think it makes life just so much more fun. Like you're teasing into the void. That's my first tip for soft launch season. Second tip, um, I think a story post is always the safest way to go. I think a photo dump has provided a great opportunity for a soft launch, but I think you always start with a story, okay? Um, because it disappears in 24 hours and you can always wait for the 24 hours to like, I don't know, be up and then like answer any of the questions that people sent, but act like you have no idea what they're talking about. Like when they're like, who is this? And the story's gone and you're like, oh my God, I, like I was so crazy last night. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's my favorite soft launch tips. Um, if you're going to post someone directly to your feed at this point in 2021, I think that you need to be with child. I think that's the only way you really know. So have fun. Have a great soft launch season, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm excited to see it. Also, speaking of soft launching um, giant events in your life, Austin, Texas's favorite couple, Elon Musk and Grimes, have broken up. Um, I don't care about Elon Musk that much, but I love Grimes for, like, no reason. Like, there's something so inherently lovable about her. I remember this one time I was really awake for no reason, and I watched this compilation of, like, videos of Grimes just saying the most wild shit. She's so strange like I met a girl like that in real life one time like she was just so odd that I like just immediately loved her and I just feel like that's what Grimes is like she's so strange and that lisp like she's so adorable but they're quote-unquote semi-separated don't know what semi-separated means and like I keep hearing people refer to them as married and then some people say that they aren't like I don't I don't know what that means, but they're semi-separated and continue to co-parent their one-year-old son. So sorry, there's sirens going off. Oh my god, today I was driving around and there was like this large cloud of smoke and the person I was with, it was like really early in the morning and we decided like idiots to chase the smoke for no reason just to see like where it was coming from and got stuck for like an hour in traffic um but like there was like an entire factory on fire in the middle of austin texas and they put it out so quickly thank you so much the brave brave firemen of austin texas but anyway um so apparently since elon lives in texas where the spacex facilities are and she works in la um they've broken up i don't understand that when you have that much money, like, there's no such thing as long distance. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, Elon just wants to go out with biddies. He wants to enjoy the billionaire clout. And also, like, I just, I would, I just would pay actual money to, like, hear a conversation between the two of them. Like, just one. Like, I need to know what they're talking about. I saw this Instagram live of grimes and like elon comes in the back and it's just like like literally like a divorced father like just a divorced father popping in on his daughter's instagram live it's so strange but i wish them the best for the sake of of baby x's well-being um me and the rest of the city of austin texas will keep them in our thoughts and in our prayers during this very very difficult time i'm sure
yeah. Elon, if you, um, you know, you want someone to talk to or, you know, whatever. I'm in, I'm in Austin, just so you know. I live here, so just, you know, let me know. Let me know. <laughs> oh, um, the teaser trailer for the Princess Diana biopic with Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana dropped. Um, and I have thoughts, the first one being that I'm excited to see this movie, but I think after this, we have progressed as a society past the need for biopics, biopics, I don't care. Um, I think that we have progressed past the need for biopics, I think. Um, there's too many, and at this point, I think it's like kind of getting a little bit redundant. Like, I got in a full-on argument with someone, maybe, I'm just a little bit bitter. I got in a full-on argument with someone the other day because they told me they didn't like the Freddie Mercury biopic, biopic, I hate that fucking word, the Freddie Mercury movie, um, and they told me that they thought the Elton John one was better. First of all, all respect to Elton John, he's the king, but why does he have a biopic? Like, he's still, like, fully alive. I don't think if you're alive, you should be allowed to, like, direct your biographical film. Like, that's not fair. I think the person should be dead so that the director gets to take creative liberties with their life for the sake of entertaining the audience and winning an Oscar. So, I don't know. I think it's a bit self-involved. So, that's a demerit within itself. And... That person hadn't even seen the Freddie Mercury movie. I don't know. I just took it personally because for no reason at all, that movie makes me cry every single time. And I'm not even like a big crier at movies or TV shows, but that one, it gets me every time. And I've seen it like three times and it's so good for no reason. Anyway, um, I digress. Princess Diana movie. Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. Um, in the teaser, she only says, like, one word, um, but she seems to have nailed the accent, which I think is, like, the biggest part that usually trips people up, and she, I don't know what they did to her, because I would have never looked at Kristen Stewart and imagined Princess Diana, but it's pretty fucking accurate. I was actually thinking about getting my mom to film, like, a, or record, like, a Frank Ocean mom voicemail type of rundown on her love for Princess Diana as an immigrant mother. But after my pseudo stalker incident, I decided um, I'm going to stop voicing my mom just for a little bit until um, the vlog gets a little bit less hot. Um, but I'm really excited. I think I think this is an unpopular opinion, but I like Kay Stu. I think she's underrated as an actress. Um, I think there's something about her personality that a lot of people find off-putting, but I like her, and I think she deserves her flowers. Um, I don't know. It's Oscar bait, so we'll see, but I'm excited. Um, I also saw someone on Twitter say that after Diana divorced Charles, she, like, refused to wear Chanel because, like, the interlocked seas reminded her of Charles cheating on her with Camilla. That's incredible. Like, what a queen. I love that for her. That's such a cancer-ass thing to do. Queen. But anyway, 
yeah, my official take is I'm very excited. Maybe I'll do, like, a whole, like, review episode once it comes out and, like, tell you what I think. So I'm a big fan of Diana and I like Case too. And then maybe at that point I'll have my mom on to do her little spiel about how she loves Princess Diana more than every single one of her four children. Oh, and my other take is that um, I would not direct a biographical film about someone who's still alive. Like, I don't have the creative liberty to turn your life into a myth and cater to fan service, so I'm not, I'm not going to do that, so, I don't know, I'm excited though. I got kind of upset before recording this part of the episode, so I walked away and paused the recording and came back, way more professional and ready to talk, um, The story everyone's been talking about is Gabby Petito, and she is a 22-year-old that has been missing or that had been missing since August. Um, I'm not on TikTok, and from what I saw or heard, this was, like, a really big thing on TikTok, and, like, people, like, banded together to, like, find clues. So I didn't hear about this until the day before she was found, and I saw someone post her on their story and I thought it was like oh this girl's friend went missing and so I went to the account that posted it and it was like dedicated to um like posting up-to-date information to like tell people what was going on um and I didn't think much of it when I first saw it I like fell down a bit of a rabbit hole um because the page had like these infographics that like catch your eye like that fucking um what is that television show that's like crack for children I don't know, but it was kind of like that. There were so many pretty colors and I couldn't look away, um, but I didn't look too much into it because I just don't like to absorb too much morbid content. Um, so I got off of it and I think the next day I saw someone post that her body had been found um, and I like went a little bit deeper and that's when I saw like the body cam footage of like her I don't know at what point this was. It was like sometime during this trip. Um, the cops had pulled over her and her fiance, and um, they had gone into some sort of altercation, and she was like crying, and it like really broke my heart for a lot of reasons, but we'll come back to that. Um, so there was just a lot of talk about this case in the news, and everyone was trying to find her, and I don't know. It, I think, uh, people like a shared goal but along with people like making accounts to try to find her there was a lot of like that very Instagram infographic type of thing uh, especially after her body was found and so like the story was sort of wrapped up in the minds of a lot of people that was like like you know like I'm thinking of Gabby Petito's family but um, keep the same energy when little black girls go missing And I saw the first one, I saw another one, and I saw another person post it. And, like, the whole time I was looking at that and just thinking, like, do you, like, not realize how much social justice has, like, numbed your empathy receptors? Like, for you to look at someone who was to see a girl who was put in the most horrific situation ever, which is, like, to go on what she thinks is, like, a trip and 
with someone that she loves, like someone that she's planning on marrying and end up getting murdered in the middle of nowhere all alone by someone that she loves. And the first thing that you can think is, wow, it's nice that people cared about this, but make sure you care about this too. And like before her body's even cold, it was it was just so shamelessly lacking in empathy. And I genuinely think that like people who do it, do it with like the best intentions of like raising up black and brown girls. And because it's it's true that, you know, the media attention surrounding this like has a lot to do with the way that she looks and, you know, that she seems to be this really sweet girl. But at the same time, like you can be not, you can be not wrong and also like not be right. I don't know. It, it just seems so like, and at the end of the day, like, I don't know, Gabby Petito didn't ask me blonde and have blue eyes. Um, and there's nothing wrong with the fact that people cared enough to try and find her. And like, those two things are so separate. And I think like there, the entire summer, people were talking so much about like not using um, BLM or um, police brutality against black people um, to like further your own personal ends um, and are still not able to like make the jump to this being a similar thing where like, yeah, that that can be true, but it's also not what you should be using this for. And when I watched that body cam footage, like all I could think about was like my friends who I've seen be in like emotionally abusive relationships. And like, I sort of like fell down this rabbit hole, like reading about her and she like lived in Florida and she only had like one friend that she met on Bumble BFF and her boyfriend would like made her delete all of her social media and um, was like violently jealous and at one point uh, made her end the friendship with that one friend that she had because he like said she was a bad influence and was like turning her against him and watching that body cam footage um, from that cop and it's just like her crying and her like saying that like he makes her feel crazy and like she's not crazy like all I could literally see was not like a blonde white girl but just like a girl who's so clearly in an emotionally abusive relationship and like there's something so insidious about emotional abuse because like the most textbook example that I can see of it was like was a friend that was in a relationship and it was literally just like that like it was literally just like it, it made like him feel like he was crazy and it's it 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 happens so quickly in a way that you you don't even see it coming and like I don't know it's so hard to watch and like that's what that took me back to like I did not for a second before I started seeing all those infographics think like god like this is only happening because she's blonde and white and, and that may a hundred percent be true but that doesn't change the fact that like for that to even be your first thought when hearing this story should like set off alarm bells in your head that like you you might have um had your social justice co-opted um by by lack of empathy like I just don't get it if I was one of her friends and family members I would literally want all of the smoke for people using a loved one's death to further their own like social and political ends like it's so it's so strange to me I don't know 
I think um, besides the insidiousness of Instagram infographics, my analytics tell me that there's a like a teen, 18 to 19 demographic that watches me. And um, I personally think that that's a demographic of both men and women who are more likely than not um, liable to get themselves in like a toxic relationship of any form. And I don't think social media and like propping up toxic relationships helps in any way. But if you are in a relationship that feels like that makes you feel like you can't talk to your friends or isolates you from people or makes you feel crazy talk to someone talk to your friends um keep them around I don't know I just like I can't help but like feel like this was so unavoidable and horrific and like I don't know I just hate it and I hate that it's been like within 24 hours of her being found been like watered down into another Instagram infographic like seriously like it makes me so upset um but yeah I just like spent so much time like looking into her um she graduated from high school in Long Island in 2017 just like me um she was the oldest sister of five younger siblings um, she paid for that trip entirely by herself, um, by saving money to be a pharmacy tech, and she was a kid, and she shouldn't have died like that, and she shouldn't be another point on your great and correct social commentary talking points. I think it's so gross, and I think we'd all do well to try to see the ways that were similar rather than like further trying to expound upon all the gaps that exist between us especially in situations like this because I really just think that there's something to be learned um and gleaned from this for everyone even if you're not blonde and white and if you genuinely do care about missing children while I was researching I found um out that her family even though they don't owe y'all shit especially for the way that y'all have been acting have started the Gabby Petito Foundation um and it was created in her honor to find missing children of all colors races and creeds so you can put your money where your mouth is and donate to that foundation if you care genuinely um but yeah I wish her family the best, and I hope that they get some peace from the circus that has been their lives. Like, I can't imagine what they must be going through. And while everyone is talking about how lucky they are to have this media storm, I'm sure more than anything, they would have rather, one, their daughter come home, and two, to have, like, some peace and, and time to be together. And that really sucks. I don't know. There's no, there's no high point of any of it. Um, and that is a very depressing way to end the episode. But I don't know. I saw some people calling it out. I saw some people seeing like the sort of like just weird opportunistic nature of it. And that makes me hopeful. But yeah, 
I don't know. I think, um, I don't want, I don't know. Like, I don't want blonde white girls to get less attention when they go missing and their psycho boyfriend fucking murders them. Um, yeah, I would prefer for women of color to get the same amount of attention, but, like, I just, like, it, it puts us in direct opposition to each other as if, like, we don't have, like, intersections of, like, our experiences and our identities and just, like, further others people and, like, achieves nothing and it's so exhausting. Ugh. Anyway, that's it for the episode. Um, I will be praying for the Petito family and I hope all of you will too. Um, I'm gonna try to find a link to the Gabby Petito Foundation and link it in the bio of this episode. Um, and I think that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Um, I will be back next week if the new cycle and the good Lord allows it. I'm going to let 43 play us out. Museum Church. Hey, time,